0: Back. I'm Carving, and I'm Cassandra, and this is too good to be true. And this week and next week, because I'm doing another 2 farther I'm going to be covering Gypsy Rose Blanchard and the murder of her mother Dee Dee. And in case you're wondering, it's because well, a lot of what Dee Dee was doing was fraud. Not, Sorry. not she wasn't just fucking the gypsy. I mean, she was taking money from other football and it's, its organizations and freebies and, and yes. And then it all just kind of culminated in what it did. But before I start, I'm going to share an update on a case that we've previously covered. So, I already gave a small update about Brittany Dawn Davis after mm-hmm. she was sued by the state of Texas for fraudulent business practices. But the details of her settlement, they weren't publicly available yet, so... I didn't have everything, so now I have a little bit more of a detailed update instead of just saying, oh, she said. So, she is to pay $300,000 in civil penalties and $100,000 in restitution. She did have some legal fees levied against her for $131,320, but they aren't due unless she fails to comply with the injunctions against her. And those injunctions are permanent, and state that she can't sell any personalized fitness or nutrition plans unless she will actually provide them. She's also not allowed to claim to be an expert on eating disorders or claim to have any special training on them. Thank God, right? Her dumbass isn't allowed to charge shipping on things she sends via email either. Yeah, that was kind of ridiculous. That's kind of pathetic that they even had to be like, um, you can't do that. Like, she shouldn't have even have. She shouldn't have known. Yeah, she did have to admit wrongdoing which she did, but she also still offered up an excuse, so to me it feels disingenuous. She claimed that she is at fault, but only because she had too many clients to keep up with and not that she was being malicious or actively purposely engaging in fraud. Sure. I mean, even if that is the case, even if you did take on more than you can handle, then you admit that and you either hire some help where you refund some of these people and say, sorry, I'm not going to have the time to give you the personalized plan that you're paying for. Yeah, it's either you hire people to help you provide what you said you would provide, or own up. Right. So if she does fail to comply with these injunctions, the full amount of restitution, civil penalties, and attorney fees becomes due and payable immediately. She currently still peddles her religious retreats as well as she is now a foster parent and she you know has fostered a couple of children already and of course uses them for content and monetizes them which is not something she's supposed to be doing going I say i didn't think you're supposed to do that plus like are you not supposed to show their faces she doesn't show their face i don't know But she shows pretty much everything else, and she talks about personal stuff. Like, the first one that she had, she did say that the mother was a minor. She's not supposed to be releasing that information. Yeah. The thing is, the state of Texas is just so swamped with, you know, cases through their children and youth that they kind of don't give a shit. They're just doing whatever to get these kids placed somewhere, and they don't really care. They're just like, oh, well, look, here's a home. Here you go. Well, yeah, they've been like taking kids from people that shouldn't have their kids taken from them, and ignoring cases where they should. Should it's it's a whole that thing. sounds like a shit show. Yeah, I got a I got a good glimpse into it uh, on Reddit through the subreddit that's devoted to Brittany Dawn, but. I don't know the full story. I didn't dig into it. And right. I've also since left that stuff because I don't want to just dwell in negativity. It was grow. Oh, for yeah. like resources for, for what we needed, the content. Right. And while I was keeping up with things to see how the case was progressing. But at this point, it's just a bunch of people who hate her just talking shit on her, which she deserves. But I don't feel like I need to be a part of it. So exactly. Um, she also has her own podcast now. Um oh, really? Yeah, it's called Chiseled and Called, where she tells her story from her own perspective, which of course is all convoluted, and woe is me, I'm the victim, as always, and, you know, but all pride, want to go check it out, I'm not going to say not to, I personally will not give her any downloads or listens, but if you want to, uh, go ahead, and from the reviews, you know, just kind of take it with a grain of salt, because she was uh, actually bribing people for five-star reviews she was giving away a hand-painted bible and a gift card or something like that she was going to do a drawing out of people who did a five-star review. They what? So most of her five-star reviews are not even genuine. They're just for people who wanted the stuff from her. Because she was like... That also breaks the terms and services of Apple Podcasts. I was going to say, how can you offer stuff to people if they give you five-star reviews? It seems like... I know it, it breaks the terms um, the terms and conditions of Apple. I, I would imagine it probably breaks it for every, every platform. Yeah, I think so. Because that's obviously dishonest, but... Um, I know she's been reported for it, and her podcast is still up, so whatever. It is what it is. So, like I said, she's just telling her own story, but a victim of her scam that we've previously quoted, Corey Reilly, advised people to still be wary, stating, be cautious, honestly, because a scammer is a scammer is a scammer. True facts. (laughs) I, I, I feel like... Maybe there won't be another thing to do with Britney in the future with all of this kind of stuff, but there very well could be depending on how the religious stuff shakes out and the fostering. But even if it doesn't end up being a big blown up ordeal, I still think that she's going to end up scamming people and the whether they all rise up against her and do right anything like this, the fitness people have, I don't know. But I just don't see this girl ever just not being a grifter. I agree. But anyway, moving on from that, I'm just going to jump right into Gypsy and Dee Dee. Let's go. Because it's a lot. It's a lot of information. It's pretty crazy. So, Dee Dee Blanchard, originally known as Claudine Pinkery, was born in Chap Louisiana, which is near the Gulf Coast in 1967. So I'll give you another uh, Louisiana geography lesson. Sure. So... Chack Bay is in Lafourche Paris. Parish, which okay. if you're looking at it, you want to say Lafourche because that's what it looks I think like. I like it there the Cajun pronunciations of things are just kind of all over the place. So yeah, it's just Lafourche um, that is down by the Gulf. It's like the southeastern area of Louisiana. It's about an hour, I would say, uh, southwest of New Orleans. Okay, so I kind of give you an idea where it might be kind of situated. And she did grow up, though, not there. She grew up in Golden Meadow, which is also still in Lafourche, but it's lower down. Like it's like right there, almost on the coast. It's way down south beyond that. Um, it's you know, like still about the same distance from New Orleans, and. So she lived there with her parents, Claude Anthony Pintree Sr. and Emma Lois Gisclair, along with four siblings. According to relatives, Beanie had a tendency to steal from her own family, which they believed was a way for her to retaliate when things didn't go her way. And as a young woman, she worked as a nurse's aide, which kind of keep that in the back of your mind, because I'll talk about something later on. That kind of makes that relevant. Yeah, well, I I mean, it kind of like is a precursor to everything that goes on. It's like she does then have a little bit of knowledge. Yeah, a little bit of medical knowledge. There were suspicions within the family that in 1997, Dee Dee may have been responsible for her own mother's death by depriving her of food. That's just sick. Yeah. Because honestly, I have heard that that is like a terrible fucking way to die. Like it's painful, 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 yes. At the age of 24, which this is also just kind of gross, because I didn't realize the age difference at first. She was 24 when she became pregnant by a seven, oh, yeah, named Rod Blanchard. I knew that. The boyfriend was, like, way younger than her. Yeah. And she probably manipulated I mean, let's be real. For sure. We're not even, like, deep into this story yet, but if you've ever heard anything about this woman, she probably manipulated it. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. She definitely was... Way more aggressive than and you know, obviously older and new more, and yeah, and everything and that. I'm sorry, but twenty four I could see like a seventeen and an eighteen year old a seventeen, a nineteen year old, but twenty four in the year with a seventeen year old that's definitely whether it's legal or not according to the state laws, which I think it is, I'm pretty yeah. sure Louisiana's age of consent is sixteen, but regardless of that, no. I'm sorry. That's still gross. That's still a child. Yeah, I agree. Well, they decided to name their daughter Gypsy Rose, with Dee Dee being fond of the name Gypsy and Ron being a fan of the band Guns and Roses. So that's where that came from. Funsies! <laughs> Just before Gypsy Rose's birth in July 1991, the couple separated when Ron realized he had married for the wrong reasons. Because he, he married her because it's... It's the South. That's what they do. That's what they do. You know, if you're You're not pregnant, pregnant, you marry her. Now, in the, in the show, the act, which is, you know, a dramatic retelling, and an actual documentary, Rod's, the guy that plays Rod, says that he will go on his 18th birthday, and realized, then got married for the wrong reasons, and no doubt. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. That's his actual birthday. I couldn't find his date of birth, but, probably that's probably what happens i mean they were together in a very short period of time before he did leave and i know it was only like a year so oh i'm sure because he probably realized like i'm not really in love with this exactly what just here yeah that he just did what he he felt like that's what he needed to do yeah he thought that was right so they did it and then he realized you know what no this isn't why you get married and so despite dd's attempts to reconcile rod resisted and as a result she took their newborn daughter to leave with her family Rod reported that when Gypsy was just three months old, her mother started to believe that she had sleep apnea. Because of this, her mother regularly took her to the hospital for overnight stays and various tests with a sleep monitor, but no evidence of the condition was found. Dee Dee later became convinced that Gypsy suffered from multiple health problems, which she attributed to an unspecified chromosomal disorder. At one point, she even claimed that Gypsy had muscular dystrophy and required the use of a water. And according to Gypsy, when she was around seven or eight years old, she had a minor accident while riding on her grandfather's motorcycle, resulting in a knee aberration, at which her mother claimed that the doctors provided her a wheelchair. I, you know... For just, like... Yeah, like a scrape. Getting a scrape on your knee? Yeah. So obviously, no. And then, and I don't know if she, she's probably grossly downplaying how she acted at the hospital. Well, I'm thinking either she, she either. Fabricated, you know, Gypsy hurting a lot worse than she was, and brought the wheelchair, or she just lied and purchased the wheelchair and said that the doctor that the doctors gave it to her. Oh yeah, yeah. it's got to be one of those scenarios. I mean, when whether like either way she purchased it, whether they either way, she's not yeah, the hospital a, does not give you medic They don't just they sell you medic Yeah, but they don't they're very high stust Even my crutches when I broke my leg. No, I, paid oh, for, I know for that. I paid for the immobilizer and everything so gypsy frequently accompanied her parents to special olympics events in 2001 when Dee, Dee falsely claimed that gypsy was eight years old gypsy was honored as the queen of the crew of mid-city a child-focused parade held during the mardi gras celebration in new orleans gypsy was actually 10 at the time but Dee, Dee was saying she was eight. it appears that gypsy's attendance at school ceased after completing second grade and there is a possibility that she stopped attending even earlier, potentially during kindergarten. Her mother took up home late, claiming it was necessary due to Gypsy's severe illnesses. However, it is now believed that this was an intentional move by her mother to isolate Gypsy and perpetuate the abuse. Of course it was. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, I believe that. I mean, she didn't need... Because, like, I mean, obviously she wasn't... She wasn't sick at all. I mean... The thing was... The more she isolated her, the easier it was to manipulate her mm-hmm. grandma, so it kept her kind of naive. Right. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because she, she believed everything she about her. I think her mom told her because she didn't it's know otherwise, goal, you know? Yeah, and she didn't know otherwise because she wasn't really let out do things or be in the public and have a lot of friends or whatever, you know right. what I mean? grin. Right. Despite her circumstances, Gypsy did manage to teach herself how to read by immersing herself in the Harry Potter books. Her father, Rod, had remarried, and Dee Dee moved in with her father and her stepmother. Later on, they alleged that Dee Dee would poison Fumid with Roundup weed killer while preparing meals for her stepmother, resulting in her own chronic illness during that period. Throughout this time, Dee Dee faced several minor legal issues, including writing bad checks, which led to her arrest. As family started questioning her treatment of Gypsy and expressing doubts about her involvement in her stepmother's health issues, Dee Dee left the Gypsy and relocated to Fly which is a suburb of New Orleans. So again, geography lesson, just a little bit in north of New Orleans. It's in, I want to say Saint Tammany Parish, which we talked about when I did the David Duke episode. And there he lives. Yeah, my lives in Mandeville, but it's that St. Marion. Dee Dee's stepmother's health promptly improved upon her departure. Of course it would. as she was getting like round on any ship. It was clearly poisoning her. In Slidell, Dee Dee and Gypsy resided in publicly subsidized housing, utilizing Rod's child support payments and the public assistance that Dee Dee had obtained based on her daughter's medical conditions to cover their expenses. Well, also, of course she was going to leave because everybody was like, starting to you know, ask for things and stuff like the family members and stuff, like you said, they were like questioning things about her supposed illnesses. Right. That she didn't have. Yeah. Dee Dee and Gypsy devoted a significant amount of their time to visiting various specialists primarily at Tulane Medical Center and the Children's Hospital of New Orleans in pursuit of treatment for the illness claimed by Dee Dee, which now encompassed hearing and vision problems for Gypsy. Yeah, it just goes on to long, Just whatever she can. Whatever she can come up with at the time. Despite a muscle biopsy revealing no evidence of the muscular dystrophy that Dee Dee insisted Gypsy had, she succeeded in securing treatment for her daughter's other claimed issues. By informing doctors that Gypsy experienced seizures every few months, Dee obtained a prescription for anti-seizure medication. And she didn't have to have proof. She was just like, oh, well, yeah, I was is going to wrap up a little bit, but since you brought it up, I'll bring it up now. No. Because every doctor that I have ever gone to, so, okay, so what happened was I started getting sick in my early 20s. Okay. Um, I just had a lot of pain, widespread pain everywhere. My back, especially, my lower back was horrible. My joints were bad, my hands, my elbows, my shoulders, my legs, and my fibromyalgia really affects my legs and feet the most. And my early 20s started to all kind of come together. So I I went to one doctor at first who didn't seem like she had any idea what the fuck was going on. So I didn't go back to her. I ended up going to a different doctor. That doctor ran a whole bunch of tests. He tested for lupus. He tested for Lyme's disease. He tested for rheumatoid arthritis, all kinds of stuff. When all of that came back negative, that's when he started going with okay, maybe it's fibromyalgia because that's basically a diagnosis of elimination—you eliminate everything, everything out—that you can test for, and then you do the fibromyalgia test because you really it doesn't show in your blood work or anything. So it's basically them doing physical tests on you yeah and eliminating everything else first and then saying okay well since everything else it doesn't fit then it's got to be this right so i ended up getting diagnosed with that in 2012. now since then i've been to a few other doctors because i moved away to louisiana and moved back and uh you know um, back and forth and different doctors here and there since that initial one I've never had to prove to any of them that I have fibromyalgia. I already have. Yeah. I've never I haven't done any lab work from the other doctor. I've never provided them the test result. Uh, nothing. I just go in and say I have fibromyalgia. I was diagnosed in 2012 okay. and they go, okay. I, mean, I guess that makes sense. I mean, if. Right, it's pretty costly to send somebody through a bunch, a of, bunch tests. of tests again. Yeah, because yeah. I just did the tests again, as you know, just a couple of months ago. My, my right. new doctor fucking sucked. Made me go through all of those tests all over again They cost me a shitload of money in needing my deductible and everything, only to find out that it is exactly how it's always been. <laughs> i told her i was like i do not have ra i know that i think i would know if it was something like that i don't have that and you know what's suspected and that she wouldn't do the testing for it all that stuff but yeah yeah most of the time you go somewhere and you're just like yeah i have this this and this there they expect you to know your medical or you know your history yeah so they don't really question you. so anytime she was moving and going somewhere else they're just taking her word Right. Now, some of them did request records, but she would always say that they were lost or something. Rather, you know, the hurricane, you know, destroyed them, stuff like that. Exactly. They couldn't have that. But, I mean, most of the time, they don't even ask anyway. But, I mean, maybe it's a little different for a child, but they've never asked me for any type of pretty at all. So, that's the... In the wake of the devastating Hurricane Katrina in August 2005, like I was saying, Dee Dee and Gypsy evacuated their damage department and sought refuge in the shelter in Covington, which was specifically designated for individuals with special needs. Dee Dee mentioned that the flooding had destroyed Gypsy's medical records, including her birth certificate. So that's, that's how she probably gets to the point where she's lying about her age. The age, yes. A doctor from the Ozarks who was present at the shelter proposed that they relocate to her hometown in Missouri in the following months they were airlifted to Missouri to begin their new chapter. Initially, Dee Dee and Gypsy resided in a rented residence in Aurora, a southwestern area of Missouri. During their stay there, Gypsy received recognition as the 2007 Child of the Year from the Ole Foundation, an organization that advocates for the rights of individuals who rely on feeding tubes. In 2008, Habitat for Humanity constructed a small home for them on the north side of Springfield, complete with a wheelchair ramp and hot tub. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. The pink house. The pink house. I've seen pictures. Yep. The whole house was painted pink on the outside. The inside was all pink and everything, too, for their Disney princess obsession. And that house, as far as I know, is still standing. It's still vacant. Wow. It's just kind of... It's just there hanging out, yeah. Yeah. Their home was part of a larger project, and then they eventually relocated to this new home. The local media paid significant attention to their story, which depicted a single mother and her severely disabled daughter who had to escape the devastation caused by Hurricane Katrina. So they had a lot of sympathy, right? Here. The community generously offered their assistance to the to the woman now known as Claudinia the Lantern, or Dee, as they knew her the community's support extended to charitable contributions. In Louisiana, the mother and daughter occasionally stayed at Ronald McDonald houses during medical appointments, but in Missouri, they upgraded. They received free flights to visit doctors at Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City, as well as complimentary trips to Walt Disney World and backstage passes to Miranda Lambert concerts through the Make-A-Wish Foundation. This is crazy, this part I didn't know before. Miranda herself, even gave Dee, Dee and Gypsy money from her personal bank account. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Miranda Lambert had written them a check for $3,500. Wow. A personal... Well, I knew she had went... Like, I knew she did the Make-A-Wish stuff, and you did it maybe more than one thought. Yeah, so I met Miranda, and then Blake Shelton, who was her husband at the time. Right. She met both of them several times, but I didn't know that Miranda had actually given her... Wow. ...like her money That's out of her money pocket. Yeah. Crazy. Rod continued to provide his monthly child support payments of $1,200. He also sent gifts to Gypsy and occasionally spoke to her on the phone. So the act kind of makes it seem like they picked up, they left, and never heard from Rod again. Again, But really, that wasn't the case. He did try to be in her life, but... Oh, yeah, really I know. Dee Dee would always, like, I because I, I've watched different, like, documentaries and stuff about it and, like, different interviews and stuff, and I know that, like... He even said like he tried several times he did to connect or reconnect and Dee, Dee just like push him away, literally pushed him off. Right, because she knew that he knew the truth. Oh, because he if he the closer he him or his wife would get to Gypsy, they would find out that it wasn't as she was claiming. Right. You know? Well, on Gypsy's 18th birthday during a conversation, Dee Dee instructed Rod not to reveal their daughter's actual age since she thinks she's 14. That's fucked up. Yeah, so Dee Dee was basically trying to pass along that Gypsy had mental delays to the point where she didn't even know her own age. Yeah, she, she thought prod- she was only 14 and don't you dare tell her she's 18 because that's going to confuse her. Right, trying to pass it off as if she was doing Gypsy some great favor Well, she's just lying to her. Yeah, she was, like, saying that she... her mental age was, like, less. So, whereas, like, she had to be treated that way and she had to be whatever. And the thing is, all that shit is the mom's fault. Like, that's how I see it anyway, because of the way she treated her and isolated her and didn't let her be social with people or anything. Like, she she just was very naive like i said before she just didn't she really did act like a child until she got out of this situation rod and his second wife wanted to visit springfield and see gypsy rose however as we said dd Dee Dee frequently altered their plans for various reasons and then while she was in Springfield, she informed her neighbors that Jitsi's father was an abusive and drug addict and alcoholic who never accepted his daughter's health issues and never provided any financial support. Yeah, I had heard that before he claims like neighbors and friends and stuff. Yeah, he gave her $1,200 a month in financial support. and He also was not a drug addict or an No. And was trying to be in his daughter's life, but she was she wouldn't allow neighbors that. to make sure that he yeah. couldn't come around. Yeah. Gypsy herself had a captivating effect on many people she encountered. Her height of just by feet, her nearly toothless mouth, large glasses, and childlike voice all contributed to the perception that she faced all the difficulties her mother claimed she did. Now, I'll quickly go over something because I had heard in the past that a lot of times victims of abuse and different traumatic events in their childhood, then they will have the voice like gypsy's. Especially if there's sexual abuse, they'll have that real high pitch, really high. And I had remembered hearing that, but I couldn't, like, I didn't go deep into it years and years and years ago when I heard it in passing. But I remembered it, so I looked into it. So, Gypsy's voice is most likely a case of what they call puberphonia, often called little girl's voice syndrome, which is a functional voice disorder where the person continues to use a high pitched voice after puberty. The onset of the disorder usually happens around the same time as puberty. It can present organically, but it's usually not linked to any physical abnormalities and result usually from psychological and emotional factors. The disorder will not go away on its own and can be treated by voice therapy, counseling, audiovisual feedback, or surgery. So they just kind of get stuck in this, this state where they're using this voice. They, it has... Nothing to do with their muscles being tense around their vocal cords and stuff like that. And so they get stuck using this high voice that's inappropriate for their age. And sometimes for men, it's even inappropriate for their gender. It does tend to, from what I read, appear more in in males than in females. It's interesting. Well, and that's the thing is that we don't know that it actually does occur in males and females or if it's just noticed more. That's probably, you know, that's a valid point, yeah. Because it's probably just, it's easier to notice it. When you hear a woman like this, you just kind of assume that, well, she just has like a really high-pitched, weird Minnie Mouse voice. Yeah, and there is is actually someone who banks with us that comes to the drive-thru that has that, and I never would have thought about, like, that being. It may not be. And it could just be, that's how her voice is. Right. Yeah, but if you're a dude that sounds like that, then... You're going to notice that more Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Well, Gypsy often concealed her baldness by wearing wigs or hats. Her mother routinely shaved her head, imitating the appearance of a chemotherapy patient and justifying it by telling Gypsy that her medication would eventually cause her hair to fall out, so it was better to shave it beforehand. Yeah, so she thought that she needed to do it, but she didn't really. Right. Whenever they went out, Dee, Dee would bring along an oxygen tank and a feeding tube. Gypsy continued to be nourished with the children's liquid nutritional supplement, Pediasure well into her 20s. That's the part that fucks me up the worst, I think, is that she went to such lengths that, like, she had her getting her meals through a feeding tube and telling her she couldn't eat real food. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's really fucked up. It is, and it gets worse. Dee Dee physical abuse as the means of exerting control over her daughter, always keeping a firm grip on Gypsy's hand when in the presence of others. Whenever Gypsy made statements that hinted she might not be genuinely ill or displayed capabilities beyond what her mother claimed, Gypsy remembers her mother giving her hand an extremely tight squeeze. Now, I have seen that in some of the videos, you know, Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, 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 floating around. And in some of them, well, in all of them, more or less, you see... Dee Dee has a hand on Gypsy. Oh, yeah. And then you do see her if Gypsy says or acts a certain way. Certain way, she will, will squeeze. Yes. In private, Dee Dee would strike Gypsy with either her open hands or a coat hanger. And the medical interventions continued. Dee Dee arranged for some of Gypsy's saliva glands to receive Botox treatment and eventually had them completely removed to manage Gypsy's drooling. Gypsy later asserted that her mother induced the drooling by applying a numbing agent to her gums prior to doctor visits. So, this bitch Don't. puts some numbing stuff on her kid's gum to prevent her from being able to swallow until she's drooling because she can't feel that there's spit in her mouth. Right. And then she goes, Oh, look, she's drooling. We need to do something to control that. I, yeah, yeah. I, honestly, this woman was just, that the worst. <laughs> she was a peach. As a result of the absence of salivary glands and the side effects of the anti seizure medication she was prescribed, Gypsy's already limited number of teeth deteriorated to such an extent that most of her front teeth had to be extracted and replaced with a dental bridge. That and having so, guys, I just had some pretty nasty struggles with my teeth. Like, I'll be open about it. I because of this suspected what we think is an autoimmune disorder, right? I'm still in the works of figuring out what I've got in addition to fibromyalgia. They believe there's some kind of connective tissue disorder that affects the connective tissues in my mouth. I had some bone deterioration. I had some connective tissue disorders. It was causing gum recession. It was more or less causing periodontal disease. And so I went through some painful procedures and a lot of money to save my teeth. And it just... The fact that this girl was going through all this kind of stuff that I was going through, and she didn't have to. She didn't have to. Like, it wasn't even necessary. Her brother had all, like, practically all her teeth teeth ripped out of her mouth for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I am just, I can't even imagine, like, having that forced on me. Like, luckily, I was able to save my teeth. And I'm good now, and it's just going to be a matter of maintaining them to make sure that it doesn't go downhill again. But to think that, you know, that could have happened and, and somebody else had done that to me. I Yeah, know. and it could have been how oh, that felt. Yeah. Tubes were also inserted into Gypsy's ears to address the supposed multitude of ear infections she was said to have, which I'm sure she didn't have. Oh, I'm sure she didn't. And you know it's fucked up? All this shit that she's got her doing, like all these different surgeries and stuff that weren't necessary, probably actually did do things to her that could have been avoided. Do you know what I mean? Like well, it, obviously she lost all her teeth, it though. would have caused other issues, other problems that weren't even necessary. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if her mom hadn't done those things, it's it's just really fucked up. Truly, it's like the shit that this woman does knows no limits. Honestly, right. One of the doctors, Dr. Bernardo Flasterstein, a pediatric neurologist who encountered Gypsy in Springfield, grew skepti- skeptical of her diagnosed condition of muscular dystrophy. He took the initiative to order MRIs and blood tests to investigate further, only to find no irregularities, of course. <laughs> During his subsequent visit, Plasterstein observed Gypsy standing and supporting her own weight, leading him to express his disbelief, stating, I don't see any reason why she does it walk." all. Because if somebody really had been confined to a wheelchair for the amount of time the gypsy supposedly was, which was basically her entire life, or at least from seven or eight years of age... Right. She should have essentially no leg muscles. Yeah, she wouldn't... They should be completely atrophied. She wouldn't even be able to use them anyway, even if she did prior to that have use of her legs. Just the sheer fact that she wasn't using those muscles anymore... You should have seen how small, how tiny. When I broke my leg and we went to the beach back in 2019... When just within maybe two weeks' time of me having that immobilizer, like I would take it off, I will take it. Yeah, I would take it off to take a bath every couple of days. Like I wasn't exerting any energy, obviously, because I was bed bound, but I did take a bath every couple of days, and especially before any doctor's appointments. So, but sitting in the tub after only only a week or two, if it was even that long, having that immobilizer on, I sit in the tub and I'm looking at my legs. I'm like, oh my god! And I was like, my right leg's like half the size of my left leg. <laughs> Because I couldn't support any anyway. Although I remember I took a picture sent at the Dom, and I, he was like, what the fuck? Why'd her length so little? Yeah. So if her length should have both been, been like that. that. <laughs> Recognizing that Dee Dee, Gypsy's mother, of course, was not a reliable source of medical history, Flasterstein reached out to Gypsy's doctors in New Orleans. And to his surprise, Flasterstein discovered that Gypsy's initial muscle biopsy had yielded negative results directly challenging Dee Dee's claims of muscular dystrophy and her insistence that all relevant medical records had been lost in a flood. At this point, the possibility of Munchausen syndrome by proxy, a condition in which a caregiver fabricates or induces illness in another person, started to surface in Blasterstein's mind. However, just to get y'all good and pissed off, he never reported it. I know. I've read about this before, and I was like, why, if he had these thoughts in his mind why didn't we say something to somebody who could do something about it yeah he he had been advised by other doctors to handle the situation delicately and so he doubted that any authorities would give any you know like them the state. times of the day they're probably gonna be like uh eh, whatever yeah, you know, mean, still got to try man that's that's a, that, th- that's the thing maybe you did feel that way like they weren't gonna pay attention to you but you, you should have at least still tried and at some point, Dee managed to gain some unauthorized access to Flaster Signs notes anyway, and she terminated all the gypsies' visits. So they weren't even in there anymore anyway. Good Lord. Yeah. Now I'll quickly go over a little bit of Munchausen, just so we're familiar with what Dee Dee's dealing with. There's Munchausen syndrome, which is when you fabricate or like fake illness in yourself. Yeah, I already know about all this stuff, but you can tell now. That- oh, yeah, I'm not telling you. <laughs> Sorry, I studied psychology. Fucked out of here with your her son. Probably <laughs> like, I know about that. You know, I am an expert. I know everything. <laughs> yeah I do not I d I don't I'm not an expert for sure, but I did study psychology in school and we I dang, took this class that was like a psych seminar and it was on like child abuse and child maltreatment and that was one of the topics. Right. Yeah, so. I remember learning a little bit about this as psych myself. But Just so everyone's aware, like I said, Munchausen is when you're fabricating an illness in yourself. Munchausen syndrome by proxy is when you're doing it to someone else. It is both a mental illness and a form of abuse where the parent or caregiver manufactures symptoms either by making them up or actually causing them for real. Yeah, like make the child seem sick. That's the fuck that part is when they cause actual harm on purpose. Right. Just to get sympathy or attention, or whatever, what it, whatever it may be. Yeah, there isn't any specific cause for it, but in some cases, the caretaker was amused themselves, or sometimes they yeah, suffer from just regular when child where they're doing it to themselves they learn some and, then it. and then it elevates. Yes. Yeah. The only real motive is attention and emotional or financial support. There are some signs you can look out for in both caretaker and child, or in some cases, it might be an elderly parent. The caretakers can explain the symptoms very well and in detail and are very involved in the child's medical care. From earlier, oftentimes, the caretaker caretaker may work in health care themselves. Like I said, it's important to remember that Dee Dee was at one point a nurse's aide. Yeah, I've seen that a lot, actually, like in different cases that I've seen yeah. or heard about. It's pretty common, yeah. It's common that the person had worked in some type of health care at some point. So this parent or ter- caretaker, they seem very involved with the children. Another sign is a child that has been to the hospital a lot or has seen many healthcare providers. They have a wide range of symptoms that don't seem to match any specific disease, yes, or these symptoms can come and go, or change, depending on what the need is. The child has had a lot of procedures, surgeries, and tests, but the symptoms don't match the test results. Blood samples don't match the child's blood type, or there are drugs or other chemicals found in their blood, urine, or stool. So, just saying, you know, it wasn't really necessary for me to go over that, but... It's information it that never ha- hurts because if you, you notice something, then now you've got the information, right? you know. When you see something, say something. Yeah. In 2009, an anonymous caller brought Dee Dee's actions to the attention of the police. The caller exposed Dee Dee's use of different identities and birth dates for herself and Gypsy and suggested that Gypsy's health was better than claimed. When the police conducted a wellness check in response, Dee managed to convince them that she used this misleading information to protect herself and Gypsy from her abusive ex-husband. So there she had planted the seed that he was abusive and a drug addict and and an alcoholic, and now she's like, see, this is why I did this, because I'm hiding from this crazy man who's going to come get us. Seriously. Unfortunately, the officers did not consult Ron, of course, and concluded that Gypsy genuinely suffered from mental disabilities, and the case was closed. It's just that he's been failed at every fucking opportunity. I know. Exactly. And it's really infuriating. And it like, is. I don't want to say I wasn't excited to do this one, but this is like, this is the case for me. This right. is the case that really got me going at true crime. Now, I've always been intrigued by it. I, I grew up watching Unsolved Mysteries and forensic files mm-hmm. and whatever. It was always interesting. And like crime scene investigation was always interesting. But this is the first case where I, I was like, this is fucked up and yeah like i was genuinely just kind of consumed by it like i read everything i could find i've but... watched everything and i've redone everything these past few weeks of my life nothing. it's country. like she's been living in, <laughs> in gypsy land yeah it's i've watched documentaries i watched gypsy's actual testimony in court which had some shocking things that i had not known previously and I rewatched the act, even though I know that's not the most reliable. I still rewatched right. it, and, like, and I was kind of like, ooh, that's not what really happened. Oh, they got that right, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah, I read all kinds of articles, and so, like I said, I don't want to say I was excited for it, because that's not quite the appropriate word, but, you know, I'm I'm into this one. You know what story sucked me in when I was a kid? It has nothing to do with this, but Jean Benet Ramsey. Oh, yeah, that got everybody. Okay, I, I'm... I was like, I don't even remember what age I was at the time, but I was like, way into it. I was like, this is like... It went down thing. a rabbit hole. I would have taught a ransom just like last year and became yeah. convinced that it was a dude that broke in and did it and that it wasn't the family at all. Like, yeah. You know, I would have to go through so much shit. To, to explain your yeah. theory on that? <laughs> yeah, we're not doing conspiracy theory. <laughs> anyway, getting back on track. Dee Dee was found to have forged daughter's birth certificate at least once altering Gypsy's birth date to 1995 in an attempt to reinforce the false narrative that she was still a teenager. I remember she was born in 1991, and she's got her all the way back to 1995, four years younger. That's insane. In a later interview, Gypsy revealed that for 15 years, she was uncertain about her true age. Like, she just didn't even know. I had no idea. Dee Dee claimed that the original birth certificate had been destroyed during the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, but she secretly kept another copy of Gypsy's actual birthday. During the hospital visit, Gypsy stumbled upon this document and became confused. Dee Dee dismissed it as a misprint, further adding to Gypsy's uncertainty. And it just- Gaslighting the fuck out of her. Yeah, for real. And like, I, of course she's confused. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, this whole time she's probably like... Because she she is, here's the thing, it's like she's obviously aware. To an extent, yeah. To an extent. It's like she knows that some of these things are not right, but her mom is like, hey, we have to. We have, we we have, we have to gain clay in this whole role, you know, like the squeezing her arm in public and shit, you know. It's like, it's like she knows that it's not all truthful, but it's like, she does believe a lot of it, though. Yeah, I think that doing this, though, is is what kind of catapulted her into really questioning her mom. Oh, yeah. And so beginning in 2001, Gypsy started attending science fiction and fantasy conventions, sometimes disguised in costumes that allowed her to blend into the accepting and diverse communities within the convention. Now I've been to a few comic conventions. I gotta tell you, those people really are like they, they just welcome people very welcoming cool. yeah. I've never been to them but they look cool anyway. dude they're fun as hell <laughs> even when you're not into like I, I, was, was, never, I, probably, I was never like super yeah. into like I was big into Harry Potter I, I'll admit but I'm super like, like crazy into it like wanting to dress up and stuff and mm-hmm. but one of my exes was like very big into comic books and everything yeah, so we went to you know wizard world comic Con. Like, fucking blast like I wasn't even really into most of the stuff but I was like this is so fun like it's just so much fun to see everybody having so much fun right and just a like very welcoming community and everybody is just like nice and right. yeah having a good time yeah in 2011 an incident occurred at one of these events that potentially served as an escape attempt for gypsy her mother discovered her in a hotel room with a man she had met online Once again, Dee Dee presented falsified paperwork indicating Gypsy's younger age and threatened to involve the police. In response to this, Gypsy endured a a harrowing ordeal where Dee Dee destroyed her computer with a hammer, threatened to harm her finger, and restrained her with leashes and handcuffs for two weeks. That's fucked up, I know. Additionally, Dee Dee informed Gypsy that she had filed documents with the police claiming that Gypsy was mentally incompetent. This left Gypsy with to belief that seeking help from the authorities would be futile, as they would not believe her. Around 2012, while using the internet during her mother's sleeping hours to evade heightened supervision, Gypsy made contact with a man named Nicholas Godejohn from Big Ben, Wisconsin. Gypsy stated that they initially met through a Christian singles group online. Go to John had a criminal record for indecent exposure and a history of mental illness including reports of dissociative identity disorder and autism spectrum disorder so so like well let me talk about one thing he did let me son about it because it's it's fun um so the indecent exposure that Mr go to John- uh, was slapped with was because he sat in a McDonald's watching porn and jerking it for nine hours. That's a long time. I mean, nine hours? That's a long, long time. Consecutive. Yeah. I'm so getting more tired. Nine hours. Like, at the Literally in the first 30 seconds, I'd have been like, bro, like, put it away and get out or I'm going to call the cops. Yeah, I can't believe he sat there for that long and somebody didn't say something or notice for nine hours. Nine hours? Like, how do you even stay? Even without masturbating, you still shouldn't be in a McDonald's for nine. Nine hours. Yeah. You would notice that the car has been there for that long and you would like be like, hey, like, dude, you need to move on. Yeah, I don't know. It was crazy to me, but it was just a fun fact that I had. Now, Nick, he was actually diagnosed as autistic and having Asperger's, but the dissociative identity was it? Dissociative identity disorder. There we go. DID, which used to be referred to as split personality. Right. You know, different DIDs, You know, some people might not know that it's, it's now just called DID. But that that wasn't actually formally diagnosed. And they do ask him that when they're questioning him, when the police are questioning him, interrogating. He's, he brings it up. And they're like, were you formally diagnosed? And he's like, well, no, but I should have been. Okay, so you were it. And you, you, I don't know. He probably doesn't actually have it. But you bark, but you are but you're going around saying that. Yeah. Dude, I, I doubt it. Yeah. But I also, I have to say that the guy who played him in the act nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. The mannerisms, the way he spoke, just even his, his like, rhythm and cadence. Yeah. And speaking. Really good job. He's an actor from the Disney Channel, is he? <laughs> I saw him on a lots of kids' show. Is I as a kid growing up? But is it the one that played not in, not in the Netflix one, not the Netflix Dahmer one. But there's another one called. There one, isn't there a Disney guy that plays Dahmer and in, in? Is it the My Friend Dahmer? I'm gonna say it's a Disney. Kid no, guy. it's a... it's no, it's that like. Famous actor that's from high school music or whatever that plays him. Um, I don't know. So like, it's kind of, I don't know, but it's something, I can't remember the dude's name, but Probably. I feel like there's something Ross. It's like a something Ross. Is oh, one? is it Ross? Is it, uh, Ross Lynch? There we go. There we go. I know he played Dahmer, that I guess I'm, like, not aware of, like, what's going on in society. Sometimes. He played him in something. I don't, I can't remember which one it is, but he definitely played him, played that role in, in some something right yeah it's kind of crazy but but i'm um, pretty sure this guy was on that same show austin and Allie. i think he was on that same show this kid that played yeah i don't know he did really good though he really did like he really needs the, the show he's Because like watching go to john's actual police interview i was like he was like, he, didn't a he, didn't like he just, just likes the same facial expressions and everything Crazy, But anyway, what I wanted to say was, the thing is, with Gypsy Rose being raised the way she was raised, she wouldn't have noticed all of those red flags. She wouldn't have seen any of that, like all the well, i mean he told her but the thing is that being told that is still like it's still yeah, not I realized though do you know what i mean like and she's kind of innocent you know i don't think well that's, she... what, that's what she says there's an interview later on at some point she probably wasn't thinking anything I, of it i think it's the i think it was actually the testimony not an interview but it was in her testimony where they They had asked her, you know, how many boyfriends did you have prior to this? And she was like, none. No, Yeah. And then they kind of asked her some questions about, like, things that he did. And she was like, listen, it's not like I ever had a boyfriend before. (laughs) She's so many different. That's the thing. That's what's what's unfortunate about the situation is she doesn't know. Like any other person, you meet somebody and they're telling you all these things, you're like, whoa. Oh, yeah, I did (laughs) it. I did it because like in the episode <laughs> where we covered my experience growing up living under a narcissistic abusive parent and how I took off with the first man who was like hey I love you come be with me right and that's how I ended up in Louisiana and that's how I ended up in a bad fucking situation because you don't know any first all, well, you don't know any better that was my first serious relationship so yeah, I didn't even know how I was yeah. supposed to be acting yeah and then not only that but like this was a person that was telling me hey I'm gonna get you the fuck out of here. So you do it. And so you do it because you're like, okay, I'm going to get out of this situation that I'm in now. And she's probably desperate by this point because she started to realize Mm -hmm. all the lies and manipulation that her mom has been doing for years and years and years. And she's like, I need to get out of this situation. Right. And even if you're going to another not so great situation. It's still not now. Yeah. It it was better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if you're just now joining us, if this is, you know, maybe Gypsy Rose piqued your curiosity and so you're listening if you are interested. I do have an episode. I cannot for the life of your remember what number it is, but it's called The Stepfather. It's my life story. Heart. It's a good one. Honestly, I it's great. <laughs> it's not great in that way, but I feel like the way that she told the story it's it I I really like enjoyed it, but not like in that way. Like, ooh, this is such so great it's such a great story. <laughs> like it just it's very, like, captivating, and I feel like it's a good episode to listen to if you've ever been in any type of situation like that, you yeah. know what I mean? And you're seeking, like, some sort of guidance or help or, you know... You... Even just a little nudge that, you know, things get better? Yeah. So anyway, almost all of Gypsy and Nick's relationship was online roleplay. Gypsy laid up alternate identities to match Nick's. She invented the little kitty small child. Candy, the slut, and Ruby, the evil side. And from there, the couple moved onto a situation. This is this is the shocking bit that I picked up in the testimony that I did not know about. I moved into a situation where Nick was the master and Gypsy was the slave. Oh yeah, I think I heard about now, that somewhere before. We knew about BDSM. It was obvious there was some BDSM stuff going on, but at one point, he drew up a sign of sale, and she signed it, as if he had actually purchased her just as her. slave and owned her. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> right. So Nick would also send Gypsy a script for videos that they would send back and forth. She didn't always want to do what was written in the script, but would do it anyway to please Nick. Nick had a rape fantasy as well. Okay. Yeah. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> That's just wrong. Like, and here's, here's, the, here's th- the, the thing is that we say that too much. We got to stop saying, here's the thing. Th- yeah. Here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> we say here's the thing too much. But she's such a people pleaser that she's going to do whatever. Yeah. You know what it and then when I was going to say my here's the thing was going to be that a rape fantasy is actually pretty common. I have heard that. Amongst that. both men and women. Women yeah. do have a rape fan, I have heard this. Yes, yeah. so I mean that alone wouldn't wouldn't make me completely. Ooh. But I mean I, honestly, it would uh, for me. I'd be like, oh, yes, no. I would. The I would be like, that's kind of unhealthy, kind of creepy, yeah, and free, But I understand it's it's not just him. So I'm gonna let that one kind of Let People have their fun, I guess. Yes, but in 2014, Gypsy confided in her 23 year old neighbor, Aaliyah Woodmansey, Aaliyah was unaware that they were close in age, leading her to consider herself a big sister figure. During their conversation, Gypsy revealed that she and John had contemplated eloping and even selected names for their potential future children. Gypsy maintained multiple Facebook accounts, and her online exchanges with John occasionally involved elements of BDSM, which Gypsy later claimed was primarily of his interest. Concerned for Gypsy's well-being, Aaliyah attempted attempted to dissuade her from pursuing these plans, believing that Gypsy might be vulnerable to an online sexual predator. I mean, that's what I would... That's what a good friend would do, though, you know what I mean? Like, hey, maybe, you know, step back a little bit here, think about this part you the... I was going to say it again, here's the thing. Um, When I was younger, I had a friend who had, you know, borderline personality disorder, And so she had a tendency to just kind of attach to people quickly, quickly, and and intensely. And very intensely, yeah. she she would confide in me, stuff like this. And I would be the Aaliyah to her and be like, hey, uh, maybe don't do that because that sounds really unsafe or unhealthy or whatever. Well, the one time that she did not confide in me, she went somewhere to visit a man that she met online and she was sexually assaulted. So, you know, if your friends are telling you about some shady guys online, um, say something. For real? That's scary. Yeah, it's scary. And, Shit. and, like, she called me after it happened and broke down, and it was, I mean, it was terrible. But I asked her, you know, about it, and she was like, I didn't tell you because I knew you would tell me not to do it. And she's like, "This is what—that's what friends do." And I was like, "No, like, you know, and you don't blame yourself for this. You didn't. May- you may have made kind of a dumb decision, but you did not make someone rape you. rape you. Oh, of you course. cannot make someone else. You cannot make. Someone You're someone. not responsible. You're not responsible for what someone else does what their actions. Are. All right. Well, Aaliyah more or less regarded Gypsy's aspirations as just fantasies and reassured herself that these scenarios would never come to fruition." Despite Dee's persistent efforts to restrict Gypsy's internet usage, including the destruction of her phone and laptop, Gypsy managed to maintain contact with John until 2014 with GoToJohn retaining printouts of her online posts because he's fucking weird. Yeah, I love that. The following year, Gypsy orchestrated and financed a meeting between John and her mother in Springfield. Her plan involved a chance encounter at a movie theater where Gypsy and Dee would be attending in costume. The intention was for Go to John to initiate a relationship with Gypsy through this encounter and subsequently introduce, you know, be introduced to her mother, and you know have her blessing to be dating her daughter. Mm-hmm. Upon their initial face-to-face meeting, Gypsy reportedly led Go to John to the restroom where they had sex. Their- Great idea. <laughs> The meeting with Dee Dee really didn't go to plan. It wasn't as depicted in the act. It wasn't as dramatic. There wasn't shouting or yeah. But it just wasn't. Dee Dee was like the same net, but of course, you know she wouldn't want Gypsy out there with other people. Gypsy and Nick's online interactions continued, and they began formulating a plan to kill Dee Dee, and that is where I leave you on a cliffhanger. On a cliffhanger. So if you don't know the story, you haven't followed the story. You you'll you're in for you're in for a ride next time. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't even know how to say that. I would I couldn't say in for a treat because it's not a treat, but it's not a treat. You're in for some shit. Next, a roller coaster. Yeah, it really is. It's it's pretty wild. So it's an intense. Next week we're gonna pick up where we left off with plan and with what happened following the plan and. The aftermath of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's all you can get. Yeah, that's, that's it. So, as always, if it seems too good to be true, it is. And if you want to find us on Facebook, we're at Too Good to Be True Podcast. Run Instagram and TikTok at Too Good to Be True Pod. If you want to send us an email, Too Good to Be True Pod at Outlook.com. If you can't remember that, it's in the show notes, so you can just click it there. And you know, thanks for listening. Thanks for rating and reviewing us, sharing us with friends. We really appreciate the recent review. That yeah, we got. I just had a um, recent review and it was very nice. Yeah, we appreciate it. So continue to do that, you know, rate and review us. Talk to us, you know, go on our social media and comment, you comment. know, your thoughts and... Email us. Give us some suggestions. Hell, you're always open to that. You know, we're on social media, so if you like us, you can always share our posts so that more people will find us. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. least people honestly but you know what i have honest. like, honestly like because never honestly like that narcissists are drawn to john's empaths because like narcissists yeah like you know narcissists raise empaths we become empaths by being raised by narcissists and then we seek out what we were raised by yeah and then they exactly. don't also see in us like hey that's somebody i can manipulate and exactly. things that so now that i'm at a point where i'm no longer Someone that they're able to manipulate. Yeah, so that's where I am having. Since like you had that, that's when I had that realization. That's, that's when I've been not like staying gentle for as long as I have been, <laughs> been, and why I've been so picky now. I'm getting back into it. Finally, I'm healthy and I'm being how unhealthy. Everyone else, is and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, Ick, stay on my, <laughs> <laughs> stay out the hair. Don't look at me. they not touch me. Don't breathe in my tunnel direction. <laughs> I don't want any of that. I don't want to be a part of any of that. I, I fixed myself, and I don't want any of that. Yeah, I don't want another project. I got of a project. Exactly. i am hard enough to. I've been hard enough to work on. Yeah, exactly. Like, I am a pain in the ass, okay? I don't, need... don't How <laughs> it even. I do anybody else. it more difficult. <laughs>